Hi, beautiful friends. Welcome back to Building a Life You Love. I am so excited for my conversation today with my guest. She is an overcomer. She talks about flipping the script over and over again from what could have been a victim mentality into a victor. She is so inspiring from having a child as a teen all the way to stepping out of a long 20-year HR career into starting her own business. She has stepped through loss, heartache, hard times, and navigating all of it. And she is so inspiring and has so much to share with us. We are going to have so many good conversations this year. We are going to talk about stepping into an abundant life and business that God has called us into. For some of us, it might just be our lives. For some, it might be that we also are being prompted to uh, step into a business or ministry, whatever it might be, because that really gives us a life of freedom, right? Flexibility around our families and being able to step into what our true purpose is. So I cannot wait for the season. We're going to have great guests. I'm going to have great information for you. All right, before we jump into today's episode, I just have two quick things. The first is if you're not already on my email list, please pause the show and head on over to kristenfitch.com and jump on my email list. Every week, I am adding value to your week. I'm giving you tips and strategies for stepping into life and business, how to master online tools, and how to step into the mindset and faith life you want. So jump over there and do that now. Hi, today on the podcast, I would like to welcome Gladys Camacho. Gladys is a certified professional coach living her best life. After being a teen mom with limiting beliefs, she conquered the statistic that should have had her name written all over it. At the age of 18, she began a career in human resources field, which lasted over 20 years. The journey was great until it wasn't. Burnout and mental fatigue had her shackled. She broke the chain by courageously seeking her passion of coaching professionals like her. Now Gladys needs joy at work every day, helping others to confidently seek their passion and become unshackled from limiting beliefs and fears. I am so excited to have this conversation today because she has stepped through adversity and challenges throughout her life. She has found ways to triumph and overcome limiting beliefs, and she is now motivating and inspiring others around her, and I cannot wait for this juicy conversation. Welcome, Gladys. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh, me too. I can't wait. First of all, I just want to say uh, kind of what I just started to say when I introduced you, but I really am excited because in our pre-recording time, we talked about, we both really want to see people, especially women step into being more fearless and more confident and continuing to make, uh, take steps to step into what they truly want, work they love, relationships they love, and a life that really works for the season they're in. And so I'm really glad you came on and joined me today. Oh, thank you so much. That's just, that's where my passion lies. And I'm so glad we can talk about this freely and openly in a space like this. Yeah. Well, thanks again for joining us. Okay. Well, can you first just tell us a little bit? You definitely, we all have journeys and we've all gone through challenges and we'll continue right to step through those things, but you do have, you know, a unique story in some ways. And I would love for you to share with us a little bit about your backstory and then what you've stepped into now. Yeah, we don't have four hours. So I'm going to try to make this, I'm going to try to condense this because there's two major parts of my life that I um, now have become comfortable really sharing. First of all, it was being a teen mom, you know, uh, you know, at 16, a month after I turned 16, what led me to that point was, you know, not having, you know, the parenting, the the structure that I needed as a child. 
um, you know, born and raised in the Windy City, moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a Latina, a Puerto Rican at that, uh, and already being challenged with, you know, kind of how I look and where I met growing up as a teen. And then I had, you know, have, have five older siblings, uh, now four older siblings, because one passed away due to the pandemic and um, having two older sisters who also were teen moms. And my mom was a teen mom. So here goes, right? I'm the youngest of six. And I just kind of fell into those footsteps when I was a month after I turned 16. I'm holding this baby in my hands. I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? I don't know. I'm scared. I'm confused. I'm in high school, dropped out of high school, even though they had a daycare in the high school. I dropped out of high school because it was for any mom or parent, it's hard. It's hard to raise a child. Now try to be 16, trying to be a teenager, um, raising a child. Very, very challenging time for me. Uh, and then when he turned two-ish, um, I remember I remember clear as day, I looked at him. And I said, what are you going to say about me when you grow up? Who are you going to look up to? And I'm like, Pick yourself up from your bootstraps, girl, because nobody's going to do it for you. I wasn't raised with a silver platter. I actually didn't even have a platter because we, we didn't have a lot of food sometimes. Um, and I ended up, you know, going back to school, uh, ended up trying to figure out my way, landed a job, my first real job, you know, that first real job. Yeah. I was an office job. I was a receptionist. And then I started recruiting and I started, that was where I stepped into my human resources career. Um, but yeah, it was a challenge. And then having children after that, you know, just one thing after another and, and decisions and choices that now I say, you know, we're, we're supposed to be, but I didn't know that at the time and how to, how to navigate that world. I did the best I could uh, at that time. That's a little bit about the back. That's a little background yeah. with that. I don't know mm -hmm. how, where you want me to go from here. Oh, no, that's okay. No, that, that's great. I mean, it gives us some background of your history. So I think um, maybe just share with us real quick. So from that, you spent, you know, many years in HR. And I know there's been plenty of, you know, we might dive into some of that, plenty of things you saw or experienced in that job. And then now you've stepped into more recently, actually coaching people. So is there anything you just want to share with us that, that middle part until now what you're doing. Yeah, I definitely do. So that was, you know, we would talk about, you know, adversity. How do we, how do we deal with adversity uh, with baby steps and, and where do we go? And, and going through a lot of uh, trials, I, I, I'm going to just call them trials that, that were meant to be definitely meant to be, you know, like I mentioned earlier, um, I, I, I lost one of my siblings who I considered my best friend, you know, during the, the beginning of the pandemic, he was one of the first, you know, to go into the hospital and right in the beginning of March, um, 2020, um, that same period of time, that same week, as a matter of fact, he goes into the hospital and he says, Hey, um, glad my siblings call me glad, which is very interesting. Glad I'm in the hospital. I, you know, I have, I have, you know, the coronavirus and, you're my decision maker. My goodness. Okay. Luckily, I had to make a lot of decisions in my life that, you know, turned out to be okay. So he trusted me. That same week, I got told that I have a tumor 
in my pancreas and that I need this major Whipple surgery. And then, you know, within 30 days, the person who uh, made a vow to me walked out. So I had to grieve the loss of my brother because he did succumb. I grieved my health because I had to, whoa, even just thinking about it, I get this weird, you know, you get these feelings and my cheeks turn red, thinking about it, dealing with that and then dealing with, um, you know, him, uh, you know, being alone. And um, I thank God that my son and his wife moved to Oregon with me to support me during during that time. But it was definitely very, very hard for me. And so then things started to look different for me. Christian, things started to look different in the sense that I viewed the world differently. I was grateful to be alive. I was very happy. Yes, I went through a lot. And then I'm like, now what? Now what? Now what? I've been in HR for over 25 years. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. What, what's, what do I want to do? I don't want the nine to five, the have to get to the office and even though I was working from home remotely, I felt like I was pigeonholed into this into this life that was very good to me for many years, except it was good till it wasn't good for me anymore. And then making a decision to, what am I going to do now? And so, yeah, that was the middle. And now I am where I am. And so grateful that I made the decisions. I had to come out of you know, fear, I can't do this. What makes you think that you can do this um, to being fearless and confident that, heck yeah, I can do this. First of all, I've already been doing this. I've already been a coach for for a long time. Um, and that I will not be forsaken and that I can do this because I'm not left an orphan on this planet Earth. Gosh. So much there. And, you know, yeah, I definitely had goosebumps too when you were, what, you know, everything you're sharing because, you know, some people had a lot more, you know, hard times in the last couple of years. You know, a lot of people had loss in their lives, unfortunately. And a lot of people came to similar places that you did with saying, hold on, you know, like we finally had a moment to pause, you know, not the, for the best reason, but people started to say, wait a minute, my kids aren't running around to sports or I'm not running from thing to thing. I'm at my house working, so I don't have commute time or I don't, so we have a a little bit more time. And in some ways we did. And if if people had young kids, maybe they were busier because they're trying to get their kids on schooling and they're working. But generally speaking, as a collective, people started realizing like, hold on, I've been almost in a, not in a trance, but like thinking that this is the way it had to be. And we all of a sudden started, people started saying like, I want something different. I want to feel more fulfilled. I want to feel more purpose or I want more freedom or flexibility. And so people started, whether out of necessity, because a lot of people just lost their jobs because of their industries and some people, because something was missing right in their heart, they just knew this isn't working for me anymore. I can't continue this way. And so they made big changes or began the process of making big changes or businesses had to pivot, right? They couldn't make their income in person for some time. So it was, it was the first time, at least in probably our lifetimes when we were alive, that it's like this collective change or shift was happening, you know? And so with all the hard stuff that happened, I think you're right that we started seeing like a, it as an opportunity, we started seeing the possibilities, 
for the future that it could be different in some ways. You know, um, there's a lot of things that aren't different yet or good or whatever. But but in our own lives, I think a lot of us started saying, what else could this be? What else could I do? What else could I spend my time doing? How can I make money? And so, you know, I love one that you were brave enough. You were fearless enough, or at least even if you were afraid, like you said, I'm going to take the next step to see, could I, could I do this on my own? Can I be, can I work for myself? And then you took that journey, which Mm -hmm. looks different for everybody, right? For some people, they just start a side hustle for some people, you know, like you went through, I think a certification program, Mm -hmm. we just start seeing like, can I actually get clients or could I actually start this thing or write the book? So first of all, I just commend you for doing that. And while I do want to talk about kind of overcoming some limiting beliefs and stuff in a little bit, Mm -hmm. I do want to ask you about that though. When you stepped, when you decided to leave your HR, you know, Mm -hmm. career or corporate job, what did the, what did that, what was going through your head? And what were those first couple little steps that convinced you that you could keep taking those steps to do that? Yeah, that's great. So let me go back to something you were talking about just for a quick second. When we're talking about that period that everybody's questioning, you know, questioning what, what, what. I feel like most people miss the mark because they're questioning the what instead of the who. Who am I? Who? Who is this? Who is this person really deep down inside that I want to share with the world? Because then the what came. When I figured out my who, the what came, right? The, the the who and the resilient, you know, confident person that I am. And I'm like, oh, look at my whole life. And when I did this kind of like this quick, you know, like when they rewind the videos, and I saw my whole life, I'm like, dang it, this is who I am. And the what was what? Now you're going to share this with people. Now you're going to get out there. And so when I was working, you know, great job. You know, here I was being promoted. I, I was at my company for four years. You know, I went at four different roles in the company. And the last role was a senior human resources consultant, um, doing a lot of projects, supporting the HR department. Um, there was a lot. I was in healthcare and, and everything was okay on the outside. On the inside is when I was like, Okay, I do this, I do this project, and who am I really who am I really impacting here? What, what is my real purpose here? Um, and then yeah, it was hard leaving this great salary, benefits, like the organization I worked for had amazing benefits, right? And what happened was I had a conversation with my son, and my son was doing some grief coaching, as a matter of fact, and he called me and was telling me about it, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds like, you know, kind of like what I've been thinking about for years. I'd already wanted to be a coach 10 years ago. Um, and so talking to my son and my son was like, mom, why don't you do it? This is the same son that I was trying to do something for when he was two years old. Now, 31 years old or 30 at the time, it's like, you know, just do it. And, I, and I'm, I'm like, oh, and then you, get, you get the whole anxiety at the moment, like, like, just do it. I started to look into programs and in researching where do I want to go to get certified because there's a lot of coaches and they're not certified and they're they're fine. Some of them are great. I, I felt that I needed that certification. I wanted the the not the piece of paper, the validation maybe, and I wanted to polish my skills. 
And so found a program. And then um, the company I was with supported because I was a coach internally for the organization. And then I had to have a lot of conversations with, first of all, me <laughs> looking in the mirror, talking to myself, and went through a very long time of what is this going to look like? And having conversations with my spouse was the most amazing human being on on this side of heaven. And then graduating, tears coming down my face when they said, you know, that I, I got I'm certified. And then making the decision a few days later to, even though I had some trepidation, if I don't do this now, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I mean, I'm 47 years old, but I'm just not going to do it. And so it was like, no, just do it. Because I kept telling myself and, and telling my husband saying, I can do this. And there were times when the gremlin in the back of me said, no, you can't. No, you can't. And I had to go tell my gremlin to go sit down somewhere because I can. And giving up, that's it. I I, I turned in my resignation letter with a very long notice. Because <laughs> I was like, get all the money you can. Right. And then making that making that transition. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and doing it, it was it was it was and still is and days like wow, you know, this is this is I just want to impact and help and motivate, inspire people to know and understand that they have the answers themselves. It's just about digging deep. Mm-hmm. It's just about digging deep. I just help people tap into it. Yeah. Well, well, on that two things, one is you're absolutely right. I mean, they say the core of every person, but company is it's the who first. It, well, and the why and the who, right? The why are you doing it? And then the who, and then the what always comes last. Like what's the product? What's the offering? It has to, you have to have, like you said earlier, like you have this burning, you know, um, desire to work in this way, to help people in this way. That's what we're talking about. It's your why. Right. And your why and your who, when they come together, you can start to understand the what. And so I, you know, I think that's relevant to say. And then also, you know, you brought up something that I think some people miss, which is I remember having a a conversation on the podcast, maybe almost, well, probably a year and a half ago with a teacher who now runs a virtual assistant company where she teaches teachers to become virtual assistants, work for themselves. It was a great conversation, but I remember one of the things that she's like, I grew up thinking I want to be a teacher. I got my teaching degree and I became a teacher. She's like, so for 20 years or however long she was teaching, I never even considered another possibility. So for many people, the reason they're not even thinking about something else is they literally haven't opened their mind to explore other possibilities for themselves or what else is out there. And as we know, those jobs have changed in the last 5, 10, 20, 30 years, and they're going to change in the future. So when we were growing up, what was available is very different than some of the jobs are now. So we might not have even known, like podcaster wasn't even a thing then, right? And so right. there's all these things that have changed. So I think people have to realize that one way we do that, one way we open our minds to things is we start getting, uh, get around other information, read books, listen to podcasts, watch documentaries, talk to people in different industries, because that's how we expand our thoughts, expand our thinking. And then things start clicking like, gosh, that's interesting. Maybe I would like to learn more about that. And so I just want to encourage people 
because some people are like, I don't even, I don't even know what else I could do. It's you have to start by expanding what information is coming into your, you know, your purview, I think. Yeah. And someone told me a long time ago, find what you love, figure out what you love to do, which is your who. And then there'll be a way to make money out of that. Right. You have to have that burning desire. Um, but tapping into who you are and tapping into resources and people and the world around us and gaining that those experiences and all of that will come together, right? I thought that human resources was the only thing that I was ever going to do. And I was going to die as an HR professional. Yeah, I really did. Yeah. Um, there were many times in my career where I thought, oh, well, what, what, what else? What else can I'm like, who else would want and just an HR professional? I'm all about policies, procedures, hiring, discipline, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And realizing that there was more out there for me and I, and it's okay. I'm now living that joy. I'm having that joy at work now that I desired for a long time. Yeah, I love it. So why don't we dig into, you know, I know since the time you were, you know, a young mom all the way until, you know, many of the things you walked through as an HR professional until even leaving your position and everything you walked through during um, the pandemic. Tell us some things you've learned on, on, on this journey about how do we, how did you flip the script from you could have just been in a victim mindset, but you were able to overcome that and switch that script. Tell us what, what did you learn along the way that maybe could help other people if they're stuck in some of those uh, limiting beliefs or just in maybe a more of a victim mentality and they might not even realize it. Yeah. You know, a lot of times it's, it's that self-talk. It's that self-talk to say, you know, first of all, I'm not the only one that's going through something. I'm not the only one. It may feel like that sometimes, like you're just carrying this whole the 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 weight of the world on your shoulders, and that you're the only one going through it, and realizing that no, I'm not, I'm not the only one going through something right now, and and finding that compassion for other people, uh, you know, because it kind of took away a little bit of what I was going through when I was kind of trying to help other people, and then dealing with one thing at a time, you know, uh, sometimes it's you know. My son says, mom, you're like, you're, you can compartmentalize. And it's like, you know, one thing at a time, let me focus on this and this area, right? Let me focus on uh, like when that happened during the pandemic, you know, with Orlando, my brother, and with, you know, the, those, the trifecta of stuff that was happening. Uh, first of all, it was like, okay, he's in the hospital. I have to deal with that. My health, you know what? I br- I'm breathing in the morning, deal with that. When he passed away, okay, I have surgery in two weeks. Like, okay, now I'm dealing with that, you know, mortgage and doing all that stuff and paying everything. Okay, I will deal with that. Like, it was just like, I can do this. I'm not the only one going through it. One one thing at a time. And I have said this, and I've said this to multiple people. It is, in my opinion, it is not one day at a time. I don't say that to people anymore. It's one hour at a time. There were days where I had to take smaller bites of the day. And understanding that this too shall pass. Just get through one more hour and you're going to get through this day. You'll go to sleep, you'll wake up, and they'll just, you'll have to deal with whatever happens in that day. Uh, my faith also got me through. I am a strong woman of faith. and. Although I can't get on my knees because I have knee replacement, I get on my knees in my in my head 
and spend time, you know, um, in devotion because I don't know either how I would have gotten through a lot of that. I honestly don't. I I honestly don't know. It, it, there's a lot, but it's not. I'm, there are things that when I got told first that I had the the um, mass in my kidney, not even my pancreas, in my kidney. I never said, well, why, 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 why? Like I had twins. I never said, why? I don't know why, you know, like it just, it's me. And it was just like, well, why not me? What makes me so special that I can't have adversity? This is all teaching me a lesson. All of this is because I am going to, there, there's a big plan for me. <laughs> yeah. And there were moments where I cried and I didn't think of it that way. But then there were moments like, okay, you're just going to have to get through this. You just, there ain't no choice here. Right. You just yeah. got to get through it. And you'll come out polished on the other side. Like I was telling my friend last night, you will come out polished on the other side when you go through the fire. Yeah. And I think two things. One is our attitude and our perception or the the attitude and perception we choose to bring into our day into the adversity makes a huge difference because if we have to walk through hard things regardless if we choose to show up and like you said what what's the best in this circumstance even you know we have quite a few friends that have been walking through or their kids unfortunately have been walking through um, diagnosis and cancer and all sorts of things and it's it's heartbreaking and like you said it's much like what you said, it's day by day. Sometimes it is hour by hour, but if they just focused on this is horrible, of course it's horrible. They just have to focus on what needs to get done. How can we do everything we need to do to be supported and get him healed or whomever healed, right? So to your point though, it's it's about where can I be grateful? Where can I get the support I need? Where can I? So it's all about perception and attitude because if we come to it and we're not grateful if something cards happen to us, Correct. but we can, we can be grateful for the people around us that are helping us, lifting us up for good doctors. We can be grateful. So even in the hard things, I think it does matter how we show up because like you said, if we're always in a state of negativity, it's actually worse for our body mentally and physically. And so there is actually, and there's science on that, right? There's actually data. And so the more that we can show up, even in these hard things, it doesn't mean we're not going to have a day where we're just it's we're done, right? We need a break. We're going to just lose mm-hmm. it. Yes. That's what that's expected. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think one, it matters how we show up with our own, you know, we keep trying to work on have, being grateful and still showing up and loving other people, even in our hard things. You know what I mean? I think that's so important. And then you had brought up something else. I'm just trying to know which part it was that I wanted to say. I, I think it's just, Oh, the day, the hour by hour. Yeah. I say often to people, the reason so many people I think are overwhelmed and stressed out, even when it's not a huge diagnosis or a huge loss is because we're trying to cram in more into a day than God has intended for a day to happen. And so whether that's hour by hour or day by day, we were meant to move at a little bit slower pace or not to take our kids to six things and have 25 meetings and be so overwhelmed and stressed out. It's much like your burnout, we can't live at that pace. And the reason that we feel so overwhelmed and anxious all the time and maybe sick is because we're not saying, hold on, this doesn't, this isn't right. I can tell at a soul level, this isn't right. You know, and and so you even stepping into doing your own work will Mm -hmm. allow you now and in the future to 
to shift your schedule to what works for you, what feels right. That's right. And a lot of people don't feel empowered. That's right. You know, to, to, to do that. And, and, mm-hmm. and I understand. And, and going back to what you said about, you know, not every day is, is rosy. And when you're going through stuff, it's hard. But I allowed myself to right. be sad and upset and to cry. And then guess what? I wiped the tears, got out of bed and said, okay, get dressed. What, what are you going to do? You know, like, what are you going to do? And that, that's it. I'll go through those moments. And then I don't know how, uh, it's, it's just by mercy that the, I have to just, the, 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 the switch gets flipped and it's like, okay, shut it off now. Deal with the next thing. I can be crying in one moment and be recording on a podcast in another. Like it's just, and I think that, I think that that's instinctual from having to deal with a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. You just have to switch gears a lot. I think mm-hmm. that's part of it. Excuse me. However, I think that that has helped me. And yes, cramming everything in, in, in one day, in one hour has been something that I, I've had to learn. I've had to learn to unlearn right. that because yeah. I remember when I was working Christian and I had a meeting in 12 minutes and I'm looking at the clock. Oh, I got to get on zoom. I have a meeting in 12 minutes. I would go downstairs, start to boil water to make dinner and then go out and do this. Oh, I could sweep real quick. I'd say cram, 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 cram. And I'm just, then I'd come upstairs and I'm sweating and Zoom. Hi, good morning, right? And I'm just like, oh, I, I didn't have that liberty. I felt shackled. And this is the word that I use. I use it on my website. I use it in my life. Like I felt like shackled and, and the, 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 the shackle or the leash was short. Mm-hmm. And and I'm so glad that I'm not there anymore and that I'm in a, in a place where I can take a breath and I don't have to be in a rush. And it's taking me time to get used to that, but I kind of, I like it. I right. like it we're here in this place of, okay, I still have, you know, a calendar and, you know, I still have, you right. know, my work, but I'm finding joy through all of that uh, mm-hmm. right now. And that's, and I had to empower myself. I had to tell myself, it's okay. Yes. Yes. You don't have to live from, you know, at, at our, where I was working, it was meeting after meeting. They don't even give breaks in between. Right. So for four years working here, literally even pre pandemic, we'd have to go from room to room to room, no break in between to even go to the restroom mm-hmm. and three, four meetings at a time. And then in zoom, it's like, okay, um, I need to just take a quick bio break. Be right back. It's back to back to back to back where, where my head is just spinning. And that just, that wasn't for me anymore. And I told myself, I told myself, it's okay that it's not for you anymore. I told people now I reached my top. Like, oh, you need to be the vice president, executive vice president of human resources. Says who? You have to be the CHRO. Says who? My top was senior HR consultant. I reached that top. And then? I folded up the napkin, placed it on the table, and was able to walk out. I empowered myself to do that because I could, because I knew at the end of the day it was going to be better for me. That's right. Oh, so good. Oh, my gosh. It's so, so true. And, you know, I think um, that's the thing is I think, you know, I think before we start recording, I mentioned, I know many people, um, whether I've talked to them or, or, you know, friends in real life, and Many of them are still at their jobs, even though they're, I don't want to say miserable. That might be the wrong word. They're, 
dissatisfied and they feel like they have no purpose, but it pays the bills. And they've literally said things to me like, well, I only have to wait seven more years and then I'll get retirement. And I'm like, but you're miserable. Like what? They have a dream of doing something else. Actually, one wants to start a bakery. One wants to. And I'm like, but you're going to wait till a time in which you don't know if you can do that dream. And oh, by the way, you're miserable just to get how much more money. You know, I'm like, you're already going to get some retirement, right? If, if they're a teacher or whatever mm-hmm, they work for. Mm-hmm. The first. But they're going to get more if they wait. And I get it. Like, But we're so stuck in thinking that what we have now is safe, that we're sometimes afraid or we hesitate or we don't take the time to really consider, would it be better for us mentally, health-wise, you know, quality of life-wise? If we would make a change, and I don't mean make a change tomorrow and just quit your oh, job. Yeah. But would it be, is it something that you should consider? How could you transition out of something if you're truly, it's soul sucking or you're feeling exhausted or burnout or you just know it's the wrong work, you know, and that's where I think a lot of people get stuck. Mm-hmm. They, they don't think, they don't know what the other side of it is. And so they'd rather stay where they believe it to be safe mm-hmm. instead of taking the risk. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's comfort, right? I'm comfortable here. It, it, it doesn't, it's not raining here. There's not a storm here. I'm, I'm, the weather's fine. I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I can do this. Um, and I did it too. I was at a job for eight yeah. and a half years and I was comfortable. I yeah. knew my job in and out. I did everything in human resources. I was not a manager at the time. I was so comfortable. It took me a long time to make that move and say, no, I want, I want in that next level role that was at that time. But this is it, is that we get so comfortable. We wake up in the morning. We don't even want to brush our teeth to go to work. I'm part of these human resources groups. And I read this stuff and I'm blown away, blown away. People are tired and they're exhausted and they're burned out and they hate themselves. They hate life. They hate their spouse. They hate everything. They hate everything right now because they're not finding, they don't even know who their who is and that much less their what. And they're like, I don't know. I'm just, ah, right. This yeah. is how people look right now. Right. And I, and I try to reach out to people and tell them, you know, you don't ha- have to like, and they're like, yeah, but you know, you're, it's exactly what you said though, Christian. It's, it pays the bills. It pays the bills. Yeah. Who's going to pay the bills when you hospitalize because mm-hmm. you've had some sort of a mental attack on you. Who's going to pay that massive bill? When you have a stroke or a heart attack, like you want to talk about paying the bills, like save up for that because it's, it, it's definitely can happen, you know, that, that extreme burnout. And there's a lot of people in HR. It's just, you know what, if you don't want help, you don't want help. If you don't want to change, you don't want to change. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen for you. And as clients, my clients need to come to me and they're like, I'm ready. And I told, so I tell my clients all the time when I get on a call with them, I say, you have to be hungry for change. Yeah. And I tell them, Christian, not just hungry, like, oh, I'm hungry. No, you have to be ugly hungry. You know that ugly hungry face where you're starving, you're ravenous. My husband's like, you're like ugly hungry right now when I'm like going to eat a horse and I don't even eat meat. And he um says, you're, uh, that's that ugly hungry. And I say, if you're not ugly hungry, you're not a client for me. Mm-hmm. You're not a client for me because you have to be ready for that change to embark on a new journey and a scary, and, and it's not about jumping, like you said, one day to the next, 
hey, let's work on those little things. Let's work on those small goals. Let's work on this day by day. Eventually, it's going to happen for you. You know, it's going to happen. My career didn't happen overnight. You know, when you when when you break up in a relationship and you've been in a relationship for, for five, 10 years, it doesn't take you overnight to get over it, right? Like it takes you almost as long as you were invested in the relationship. So it's going to take time, but at least let's start working on it. You got to start somewhere. If you're at least ready to start somewhere, I'm ready to sit with you and help you start somewhere. I'm ready. You have to be hungry, ugly hungry. Yeah, so true. And, you know, and you sort of mentioned courage. And I think that's one Mm -hmm. important point to make is you do. You just have to start with small steps of courage because the more you use that muscle, the bigger it gets, the easier it gets to step through fear into making a bold or courageous, you know, decision or trying something new. But instead of holding ourselves back, we just need to decide. And even I would say this, even sometimes people get stuck on, they have a whole list of like, this is maybe what all I got to get done. Maybe they start a new business. Maybe they're trying to make a decision. And I'm like, no, write it all down. What's the one thing you can do today that you don't Mm -hmm. need to do all those other things to do? Just one little thing, you know, it can Mm -hmm. be, making a phone call. It could be going on a walk. It could be whatever thing. It doesn't matter, but pick the one baby step you can take yes. and put all the stuff aside for now. That, that stuff might be important to know later, but you don't have to have that all figured out to take that next little baby step of courage. Yeah. hundred percent. I met with a client recently who they haven't been in human resources for not even a year, but they've already started a consulting firm Okay, I, I I understand. You know, you're you're ambitious. It's great. Ambition is what got me where where um where I am today. And I said, however, you know, tell me about what's in in, in the middle here of what your plan is. And and there's a lot of stuff, but they're they're little things. And that's that's the thing. Like you said, it, it, eventually you're gonna get there, right? It's just take a deep breath, sit back, sit back, and 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 as you're working on your who. The goals are going to come up. The little things are going to happen. You're going to start to feel that, like you said, the courage muscle working. And you're going to be like, oh, oh, that felt good. Oh, what's next? What's next? And then you're able to then take that next step and that next step. And then the steps get bigger and wider, right? And then, you you know, till you, till you start to feel um, that you are at peace, I'll say, mm-hmm. with with where where you want to be and who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's also true. What would you say from everything you've learned, all the things you've gone through? Like, what other encouragement would you just want to share with people about? You know, you continue to like we all, I hope, are doing. You continue to, you know, improve yourself or work on your mindset work think, is this serving me now in this season? Does this look like what I want the future to be? And you were able to continue to make those changes or those shifts. What would you maybe just share with us about that? Well, I continue to be, to find encouragement from other, you know, people in my, in, in, in the world of coaching and finding those resources. You know, I, I, I read a lot I read a lot of articles. I'm it's for me, it's taking in as much as I can. I haven't reached, you know, where I feel like I, I want to be. I, I still there's things I want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm not there. I'm I am a work in progress. Yeah. 
and allow yourself to be a work in progress and take things in, right? Take things in. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Get yourself in the other room. So then I take that from other people. I've, I've had to have coaching myself, you know, where I can, where someone can work with me, you know, on, on my who and all of that. And I would say, get the support. People feel like they're alone. And some people may really believe they are alone. There's someone out there for all of us right. that we can connect with and find inspiration, motivation, and, and some guidance. You know, there's people who are saying, well, can I, can I be their mentor? And, and, you know, mentoring, therapy, advice giving, those are all different than coaching. I like to coach because you have the answers. And so it's like, find someone that can help you support you where you're at now, which will get you to where you will be later. I needed to be in that room and connect with those people. That's why I am where I'm at today. There's a lot of tough pills I had to swallow along the way, a lot of tough pills. Um, but yet I came out on the other side and, and so will you. Yeah. That's what I'm talking to your audience. Now. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. So much good stuff there. Um, tell us, um, is there any last things you want to say before we wrap up and you share with us how people can connect with you online and learn all about what else you, you have going on? You know, it's a matter of, we all go through adversity, hard times. This too shall pass. I said it before. This is how I had to live in my, my mantra, my motto. This too shall pass. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. What do you see? Look inside your own soul. You know how people say, oh, someone can look inside your soul or a or, or, or pet or someone can just, they're just looking deep. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. Look inside your soul. And if your soul isn't smiling and, and helping those around you and you are just stuck, understand you don't have to be. If you're there, it's because you're choosing to be. But there's another choice. There's always another choice. Always another choice. And that's what I want to tell people. It's just always another choice. Mm, so good. And yeah, and you pointed it out before. If that, if you find yourself there and we all get there I and mean, we all get stuck at different times or for different mm -hmm. things, and we're mm -hmm. all get, you know, we're all going to need to realize, oh, what's my role in maybe something going on in our lives? Like it's growth, right? It's continuous growth. As they say, always be a student. Don't, you know, mm -hmm. we're never the master because there's always right. something more to learn. And so just get around, like you said, information, get around people that inspire you and encourage you, that motivate you, that give you new ideas to consider, to ponder. And that's how we keep improving for the better, both for ourselves, for our family, for the people around us, but also for the world, right? It's the more we expand ourselves, both in knowledge, but in love, the more we're going to have an impact in the world. That's right. That's right. And that's, that's, I can just leave the audience with that a hundred percent. You, you said it beautifully. So tell us, Gladys, how can people find out more about what you are doing online and your website and all that? Yeah, uh, mostly people find me on my website, which is uh, camachocc.com, uh, C-A-M-A-C-H-O.com. Mostly people go there and kind of read about my story and kind of just uh, take advantage of, of all the, you know, the resources and, and who I am as a person. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. You can just find me there. I'm constantly posting stuff, you know, especially things that are motivating and inspiring and hopefully will ha help someone get through that next hour. 
Um, maybe I should be posting something every hour. No, that would be crazy. You know, but, you know, just, you know, helping people to, to think. And, and it's a matter of, I heard someone say that stinking thinking. If I can start to, if I can work with you and help remove some of that stinking thinking via those platforms of, you know, Facebook, Gladys Camacho, uh, you know, the, the Instagram, which I'm just building up, you know, on Instagram and, um, you know, LinkedIn, you know, just connect, just connect, shoot an email, ask a question, just say, hi, I, I, you know, read my blog, read, read, read what's going on. Cause you're not alone. Alone thinking is alone being. Yep. You're not alone. Hmm. So good. Well, thank you again, Gladys, for being with us today and sharing your story and then, you know, all the insights you've learned throughout, you know, the things you've already done. I can't wait to see what you do, you know, continue to help and motivate people in the future. So thanks again for being with us. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks again for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts so that more people can discover the show and connect to our community. 